Hi, it's Joey Remini here from seekingbalance.com.au. I'm a vestibular audiologist and neuroplasticity therapist with a specific interest in healing vertigo and tinnitus. And I love all conversations that revolve around seeking health, being proactive, learning about our brain, talking about neuroplasticity. And I particularly actually love the conversations that revolve around the invisible things that we can't see. So more than emotions and really shifting into the energies that are moving around our body, inside of our body and between people. So I've got Andre Ombrogno, <laughs> who's a beautiful French colleague and friend of mine. And so born in France, how do we say your surname, Andre? Ombrogno. Beautiful. So now everybody loves you. <laughs> I want to introduce you to Andre, who has taken a keen interest in kinesiology. And I was saying to Andre, you know, I don't think anybody really knows what kinesiology is unless they've studied it and they're a practitioner in it, because it's one of those health and holistic modalities that I think is intriguing, fascinating, and and really invisible. So that's mm -hmm. that's my take on it, and I, I actually know a lot of kinesiologists. So. Andre, it's such a pleasure to have you here. Pleasure, yeah, and I would love you just to introduce yourself and talk mm -hmm. about your personal journey in mm -hmm. exploring holistic modalities, stumbling mm -hmm. across kinesiology, and you can share insights about what it is for you. Mm -hmm. I'm sure there's people out there who just have no idea. Mm, okay. Well, um, like you just said, I really literally stumbled into it. Mm -hmm. um, through a very random chain of events. And it started with um, a men, men's health event, mm -hmm. um, which pushed me to explore um, other facets of myself, specifically, more specifically, um, the emotional aspect of my being. Mm -hmm. And um, so I've met some lovely people there and one of them mentioned um, kinesiology. Um, so I went and saw my local kinesiologist and um, had my first session, which I spent probably half laughing and half crying. Yeah. Um, for because I, I did not understand it fully at first, and um, yeah, I sort of got hooked. Uh, after doing a little bit of research, I kind of found that it it comprised like everything. I was interested in in terms of health, nutrition, um, mental, physical, spiritual health, emotional health. Yeah. And can you tell me, like, what were you feeling in your life was missing that kinesiology kind of helped you go, oh, okay, well, this has opened me up to a whole new realm of, of possibilities. So what, describe that gap, you know. Okay. Um, missing is a good word. Um, until then, I really felt like, yes, something was missing. I mm -hmm. couldn't put it into a sentence. Could, I could not explain it to my partner at the time. Um, but I think, now that I think of it, is that word is understanding. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I just did not understand some of my behaviors, some of the things I was feeling, um, why some things were affecting me in certain ways and not others. Um, yeah, so mostly understanding of myself. Yeah. 
And do you want to talk a little bit through what kinesiology is? And this podcast and YouTube is all about physical, mental, emotional and spiritual aspects mm-hmm. of being human. Mm-hmm. Many listeners will be experiencing versions of chronic pain or vertigo mm-hmm. or dizziness, but also their family and friends can be listening. And so I love to keep these conversations about what does it mean to be the best version of me each day, mm-hmm. despite what I'm feeling? Because sometimes, you know, we are feeling confused or crappy or we're dealing with uncertainty or we have a physical ailment that's come to visit us. Mm-hmm. But where does kinesiology fit into this physical, mental, emotional, spiritual journey? And what role does a kinesiologist play in supporting someone to be their best? Okay. Um, So kinesiology works with muscle testing, which we use as a kind Mm -hmm. of a a biofeedback mechanism to basically talk with the body, which means that Mm. everything that is being addressed during a session um, is tailored to what the body needs. So it, it's not guesstimating, it's not um, working with a symptom and mm. matching it with a remedy or something like that. It's just whatever the body needs, we try and balance its energy to it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and with that, we can address physical, mental, um, emotional, spiritual, every aspect, really. Can I ask you a tricky question? Mm-hmm. See how you go. Mm-hmm. What does energy mean for you when you say energy? Mm. And I, I know that there is a million different ways to mm. answer that. Mm. But what does that mean for you? Because I, I do know that energetics is a large part of kinesiology. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know if, if everyone's listening, you know, if you just want to rub your hands together and just create a little bit of warmth and friction in your hands, and when you mm-hmm. let that go, you'll notice you get a different sense of energy and felt sensation that's invisible, but you can kind of feel it moving around the palm of your hand. So a lot of energies are not necessarily things we can poke and touch, but but regardless, we can feel them. Mm -hmm. But what does energy mean for you? Mm, Energy. Well, the way I understand it is there's a whole range of energies that Mm -hmm. we have available that our body uses whether it be like the energy that we have when we wake up or the energy that we have when we go for a workout may be different than the energy that we have towards achieving a particular goal or the energy that Mm. surrounds us as in, you know, um, the auric fields or the chakras and, Mm. and such. So energy is, to me, is just resources that the body uses to maintain a state of balance and also the resources that we use to achieve particular tasks. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? So there's energies, I imagine, throughout the whole universe, the mm-hmm. planets, the suns, the stars, mm-hmm. all of that. And Earth has her own energy system mm-hmm. and ecology. Mm-hmm. And then countries and communities have their own energy systems and ecologies. And then individual people and human beings also have their own energy systems and ecologies. Absolutely. Yeah. So if we look at um, an example perhaps of like a school system that might have principals and leading teachers and classroom teachers and assistant teachers and students and different levels of students and they've got their 
lunch breaks and they've got their books and they've got their computers. There's all different aspects to how a healthy system runs. And there's also aspects to dysfunction within a system. You know, a school wouldn't operate if there were no students. And a school couldn't operate if there were no teachers. And if there's not enough teachers and too many students, you end up getting uh, congestions and complaints and dysfunctions or chaos. And I think, you know, if we take a look at some of those systems out in our communities and in our world, we can sort of begin to understand there's a lot of ecology and community and, and energetic movement happening within my body. Even if I was just to think about my respiratory system and how air comes in, travels through the circulation system to the cells of the body and then comes out again as carbon dioxide, that is an energetic system. And, you know, it's just miraculous and magical and infinitely misunderstood, actually, the human body. Absolutely. Um, so I wanted to ask you a little bit, would you mind sharing any personal stories about how kinesiology has helped you? I know you mentioned about setting goals mm -hmm. and having a way to sort of stay true to your own goals. Mm -hmm. How has kinesiology helped you say, okay, this is how I want to be the best version of me. Mm -hmm. I want to be proud of my behaviours. I want to... Be, have values aligned with my actions. I want to be able to feel with integrity and this is the kind of man I want to be. Mm -hmm. How has kinesiology helped you on that journey in ways that others couldn't, you know, other, mm -hmm. other modalities didn't? Okay. Um, mainly, yeah, mainly by showing me how my behaviours and emotional health is uh, affecting my body. Um, mm. I could be some, doing something um, something that I enjoy but in the wrong frame of mind and suddenly my body would react in a certain way yeah um, I may from then on I, can, I may experience pain or discomfort or, or whatever and never mm. be able to link it back to what happened um, mm. it's a lot of a lot of mindset stuff isn't it it's not what you do it's often how you do it and how it's being framed as you're doing it. And per, yeah, and perceived by the brain. The brain, absolutely. Do you have um, any examples? Any because I've got one example I can share if you can't think of any. Yeah, go for it. I know, like a great example of this that I'm sure many people can listen to is if you're really excited to eat a meal and you you you've put a lot of love into it, you've thought about buying all the ingredients, you spend a lot of care and detail preparing it or purchasing it. And you're eating it with all of this like love and nourishment. And so the parts of your brain that are connected to desire, enjoyment, safety, relaxation, they're all open and firing. And that puts us into a nice rested place to digest our food where very efficiently all of our digestive system is going to open up and the enzymes are going to move beautifully. And so the mind and the body are digesting food in a connected way. The mind's actually thinking about the meal there's gratitude and there's this mindset of nourishment. Your mind and your body are on the job together. So energetically, the system is wired to have a lot of really efficient digestive cascade of effects. And people, I know for myself, when I eat with that mindset, I digest beautifully and I feel really light and energetic after the meal. However, if I was to prepare a meal going, oh, I shouldn't eat this. I'm feeling guilty. Oh my God, this is going to make me so fat. This is bad. I mean, I've read this article and I shouldn't have this. And so there's all of this mental strain going into the meal. It's actually starting to activate part of my brain, the sympathetic nervous system that's like fight, flight, freeze, something's wrong, we're in danger, 
cuts off my digestive enzymes. It stops the beautiful system of, there's a cascade of movement that needs to happen all the way through the esophagus into the digestive bowl and beyond. And that's actually stopped because the brain's going, there's a danger, you know. I read an article that I shouldn't eat this, blah, blah, blah. Therefore, I'm going to stop that digestive event because the mind is telling me it's not right. So when I'm in fight, flight, freeze and stress, my behaviours, my mindset and my thought patterns are directly impacting my physical capacity to elegantly digest food. Mm. Yeah? Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Do you want to carry on and further that conversation in a way that hit, hit home for you? Mm. Well, one of the, um, the aspects you touched on there is um, sabotage, uh, a big part of physiology balance is to address sabotage, mm -hmm. doing things that we want to do but we know we shouldn't do and how we kind of um, mm. block ourselves again, yeah, put roadblocks into mm. our path to being better, um, a better version of ourselves. Would you say that's largely subconscious or conscious or a bit of both? Um, it's a bit of both, but a lot of it is subconscious. I mean, because sabotage can be set or the patterns can be put in, put in place very early on, like in yeah. childhood. Yeah, they often are. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So um, even though maybe like an iceberg, you know, even though we may consciously know about it, we don't know the extent of it or where it started. And I, I'm just curious for the listeners out there. I'm sure, I mean, it's so confusing. I find myself saying this publicly all the time because we're getting mixed messages. It depends on who you talk to as to, you know, what diet you're going to get prescribed or, you know, what exercise regime you're going to get recommended or what colours you're told you should wear because of colour therapy and making yourself feel better. And, you know, then there's aromatherapy and essential oils and like it just goes on and on and on. And I think... There is no one right and there is no one global wrong. So I think when it comes to those things that you're thinking, mm, should I really be drinking coffee or is this alcohol really, you know, one, one article says a glass of red wine before bed helps you sleep better and blah, 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 it's great. Another article says, look, just cut alcohol. It's not a great way to relax. Find another method. Save alcohol for holidays and special occasions. So if you're starting to feel that there's things that you're just re internally going, I'm just not sure about this for me anymore, maybe even just give yourself an experiment and lovingly have a three-week break. You know, it's not that it's right or wrong, but maybe your body internally is saying, I want to break from alcohol or I want to break from caffeine and coffee or I want to experiment trying a gentle gym workout three times a week or walking, walking the dog before I go to work every day. Actually, set that intention for yourself with love, with openness, with curiosity, and give yourself something like three weeks to actually implement it, and then review, how do I feel? Am I feeling more vitality, more energy, more clarity? Am I feeling more connected? And go through your physical, mental, emotional, spiritual factors and say, has this worked for me? Because if there's no impact and no difference, it's not making any difference for you, so that's your answer, right? Mm. And would you say a kinesiologist helps you to fine tune that process or, yeah, or do you want to go back into, you were saying, you, I know some kinesiologists will ask kind of muscle questions of the body and they'll, mm -hmm. they'll tap your hand and yep. um, is it like secret business or could you let us know some of the questions a kinesiologist might ask or is that like? The questions are 
limited really it really depends on what's happening at the time mm -hmm. um but again it's using the body's response in order to um, achieve balance so it's like a yes no situation where if the body is relaxed it's a different answer to if the body's tense yeah it um we work with stress so um depending on whether um question will, will um, stress the body or, or an emotion or mm. anything stress the body will get a different response yeah um, and it uses also proprioception and proprioception proprioception that's yeah that's yeah. that's such an important system that's often overlooked proprioception is our touch system mm -hmm. and actually it makes up 30 a third of our balance system so 33 percent of our balance actually comes through our, our touch which is largely our skin but also our muscles and tendons orientating us where we are so when you're talking to the body i imagine mm -hmm. the more you practice asking questions of the body mm -hmm. the better your questions get mm -hmm. and the more relevant and salient and poignant your answers become yes absolutely and i often say to my clients in my private therapy beautiful balance um the, the clients going through my beautiful balance program i'll say you know sometimes it's not if we're not getting the answers that are working for us it's often the questions we're asking aren't quite right mm -hmm. so sometimes if you're always asking the same questions such as how do i get rid of this i hate my symptoms i hate feeling this why me what did i do wrong to deserve this you know is god punishing me you know, you might not be asking the most effective questions, but if you were to stop and ask yourself, do I need to go to bed an hour earlier? And just feel for that inner yes or that inner no, you might be like, yeah, okay, that one's giving me a clearer answer. Or do I need to eat more greens? Or do I need to make more friends? Am I feeling disconnected and like I don't have enough support? Do I need to ask someone to bake me a soup once a week because I'm just not coping with my nourishment and I need community support? Do I need to talk to my doctor about some questions that I'm a little bit unsure of and it's making me lose sleep at night? Can I book into that GP who I trust and get those questions answered so I can relax again? So sometimes it's the quality of your questions that actually helps you tune in and listen to the inner wisdom of your body. And once you get practice at this, you don't need people like Andre and me to help you anymore. There's, a, there's an internal relationship and friendship that you can really foster and deepen and that that intimacy can build however i will second that by saying i think there's always a place for having support and therapeutic support because i know there are things in my life that other people can see in me and help enlighten for me that i'm like i just wouldn't have seen that if you hadn't have said that i was mm -hmm. blind to that i couldn't see that so it's like thank you you've just that's really helped me out so having that sense of witness and, and professional attention to detail can make all the difference to shift the questions we're asking and the answers we're getting mm, absolutely and that's the beautiful thing about working with directly with the body mm. is we access the unconscious yeah amazing things that are not you know um so obvious to us and yeah so yeah, it, it was kind of bypassed that thinking self mm -hmm. that feeds us messages like I'm not good enough, I'm not doing good enough, yeah. I should be doing this, should be doing that. Why me? Why is this happening? Yeah, and it, and we all have those voices. We're all we all want to be loved. We all want to belong. You know, we all want to 
enjoy the body that we're living in. Every human has that core basic set of beliefs. And unfortunately, you know, we are living in a world that teaches us to ask the teacher, to go Google it, to, mm. to go outside and look for your answers. And that's the world and the society that we've all been born into. And so a lot of these philosophies of learning to listen to the body and go into your inner wisdom, it's counterintuitive because it's like, no, I've been told my whole life to ask mum and dad, to ask the teacher, to, you know, go to some expert who knows better than me about me. Like that's just not on. You are the expert in you and your body. And if you don't know that yet or you don't know how to be your own expert, it's just because you haven't learned. And there's, a, there's many different ways to become the expert in yourself. And to be honest with you, it starts with the intention. And so if any of you are out there thinking, God, I just I wish I could get started, start with the intention. Just write it down and say, I want to learn to understand my body. I want to take my power back. I want to take responsibility and step into that place of saying, I get this. And really own your health. Oh, something I want to chat about before we finish the call is the um the the chart you showed, which had yep. It was kind of like a zero through, you know, 20, 40, 50% and then all the way up to 100% chart. Mm -hmm. And underneath 50% was about being sick and ill and pains and aching mm -hmm. and emotional and upset and, and, you know, maybe stuck or depressed or anxious. And then once we get to 50%, the, the chart Andre showed me had, you know, no pains, no problems, daily life is fine. So you can do everything and function. But do you want to start talking about, and one I'm more interested in, is once you start to go above 50% health, that's when you start to really get into the good stuff, the juicy stuff. So talk us about being above 50% health. Yeah, well, it's um, it starts with, um, like you just mentioned, you start with educating yourself and taking your power back, being proactive towards being the better version of yourself. Mm -hmm. And... And but what might people feel? So once they start going up that 60, 70, 80, 90, 100%, what changes? So they're, they're going beyond feeling normal yeah. and feeling what? Well, they'll feel um, empowered. They'll feel like they have more energy, more focus. Yeah, yeah. Um, the, the, the vitality. They'll yep. feel like dealing with day-to-day mm. -day situation is, might not be such a big deal anymore. Yeah. Like little um, hiccups. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's like really looking at in improved vitality, improved decision-making, mm -hmm. simplified choices in life. Um, and as Andre said, when those little hiccups happen, whether it be, and I call them little hiccups because, you know, in the scheme of things, when you, when you look back over a lifetime, losing a job, it's really tough at the time, but it is a hiccup in life. And we can all expect those hiccups, whether it be, a loved one being diagnosed with a deadly condition and suddenly you're counting down the days of the time you've got to spend together or an animal passing. I've had so many clients who are just absolutely traumatized by a pet dying. It's just a, it's a huge loss and grief. And so when we're in this space of health and empowered, um, empowered living, you can go through some of the most traumatic experiences of all and really hold yourself, nurture yourself, and go through it with grace, elegance, and love. And I've seen this time and time again in my clients, and they all say to me, gosh, it's so bizarre that this life thing happened while I'm working with you, and they're like, I never would have coped like this previously. Like, I've, I've been able to manage this incredibly sticky situation with clarity, with 
uh, self-responsibility and with loving communication. And I think that's what Andre was uh, referring to before is that when we're feeling exhausted and we've all been there, you know, it's, you just, you got, you don't have any space for difficult conversations. You're just like, no, stop it. Don't talk to me. That's when often our actions and our behaviors don't match our value system. And we're like, oh, why did I say that? Why did I do that? And the answer is because we didn't have the resources. We were energetically depleted. Our system was like not functioning well. And if you think back to the school system, if there's no students turning up, the teachers don't have a job to do. There's no one to teach. And if all the students turn up, but there's no teachers, the, the students are just going to have nothing to learn and be in chaos. So in our body, we need to make sure we have all the systems complementing each other, supporting each other to energetically resource us so we can be vital, have clarity, remain focused and stay true to ourselves each day. So I want to finish off this call by really encouraging every listener to go back and look at your goals for yourself. Go back and look at your values. Go back and think, what does being the best, best version of me even mean? Because if you haven't asked yourself that, that in the last six months, things have changed. Your entire system has changed in the last six months. You've got to always be staying fresh and staying present. And, you know, it's really beautiful to have intentions each day, whether that be in the morning or in the evening. And just keep yourself accountable for what are you working on, what things are going well, what things are maybe not going so well, and how can you reach out and get the supports and resources you need to feel on top of it and feel empowered and feel yourself again, feel rock steady, as I say. Do you have any closing words, bits of wisdom, encouragement for all of our listeners? Mm. My closing words would be um, be curious. Yeah. And explore what's out there and also take some of your power back. Um, take it all back. Yeah. <laughs> what I mean is gradually take your power back by doing little bits, yeah. pieces, taking the right decisions. Um, yeah. And beautiful. Yeah, good luck. <laughs> yeah, so beautiful. Andre, I just want to say thank you so much for being brave and courageous and sharing a little bit of your journey in terms of looking what else is out there. And I really hope that everyone who's listened to this has thought, you know, there are so many invisible and miraculous systems within our body that it's very difficult to understand it all. We don't have to understand everything to do something about it. So I really encourage everyone to go beyond that place of being 50% healthy and just having no aches and pains and no symptoms anymore and just getting back to normal living and really go towards that 50 to 100 level of having your power being focused having your vitality having energy having inspiration creativity and just a lot more capacity to feel joy we need more joy in the world so i think find yours get the supports you need and yeah keep open-minded and keep curious it's great wisdom I'm Joey Remini from seekingbalance.com.au. If you're looking to learn more, visit my website. I've got the Rocksteady Self-Study Program, which is a 12-week program that guides people through the physical, mental, emotional, spiritual journey of healing, specific for vertigo and tinnitus. And I also have a private therapy program called Beautiful Balance. You are welcome to apply to work with me for a six-month program. If that's something you feel you want and need, I can journey beside you as you navigate some of these questions and answers that Andre and I have been talking about. 
So thanks for teaching us a little bit more about kinesiology. Yeah. Great. And goodbye for now. <laughs> <laughs>